welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your host, Steven. And Kyle. And we are here to get weird with you today. I'm going to bring a topic to the table later on. One that Kyle probably hates a lot. If there's one thing you hate on par with aliens, it's probably the ocean. Yep. Kyle's got a thing about water. Water that I can't see into. Yeah, water that's filled with giant fucking squids. Yeah, every every water that I can't see into, it automatically has a giant squid in it. Yeah. It could be a foot deep, and it has a giant squid in it. How big do you think the squid is? Huge. Big enough to eat me. <sighs> that sucks. Yeah. Anyway, before we get into that, we got to get through the business. So, check us out at all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Hollow Sky Podcast. Just search it up, click on all the links, come and hang out with us, talk about weird shit. Speaking of weird shit, if you got a weird story you'd like to share, Kyle's going to tell you how to do that. You can give us a call <clears throat> at one 800 hollow 4656. Or you can use your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email it to us at hollowskypodcast at gmail.com or you can just submit written stories or whatever you want just uh get at us yeah we really like hearing from you guys definitely speaking it, makes, of, it makes it a lot of fun speaking of smartphones anyone that listens to us at the apple podcast little smartphone app be sure to jump over there and leave us a five-star rating and review. I mean, it doesn't have to be five-star. You can leave whatever rating you want, but preferably five-star. Talk shit. And if you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout-out. Um, Apple's been messing around with their podcast uh, algorithms. algorithms, and it's kind of bumped us to the bottom of the barrel, so we're getting kind of hard to find. We used to jump up on suggested podcasts whenever you start typing her name out but now you have to physically search hollow sky and that makes it kind of a little more difficult everybody likes to take the quick way around things they're but just scared we're hope yeah they are scared of giant squids but anyway wow. we're hoping that if we keep bumping our uh, ratings and reviews up that maybe we'll climb the ladder back up or just get famous yeah and Get famous too. Which probably won't happen. But before we jump into this uh, couple of creepy, weird ocean stories, we have our listener submitted story for the day. So we're going to jump right into that. Our listener submitted story today is an email with a couple stories from our friend Nyoka. So I'm going to jump right into that. Hey guys, I have a few stories for you. The first two are regarding prophetic dreams that I've had. The first I'll keep short, but it reminded me of Kyle's rapper friend dream. As you remember, Kyle talked about a strange dream. What episode was that? I don't know. I don't remember. It was a couple back. But anyway. It was up Caskey. Yeah. Um, We're bros. BFFs. Well, in the dream realm. <laughs> it's true. Okay, that wasn't part of our email, but I'm going right back to it. So here it is. Years ago, I had a very vivid and long dream that I had a boyfriend, and I was super happy and in love. I woke up feeling happy and missed this man until a minute or so later when I realized, wait, I'm single. Womp womp. The dream was about a guy I used to work with for a couple years, but I hadn't seen, thought about, or talked to him in over a year. Three days later, he randomly messaged me on Facebook. We started talking and then hanging out, and now we've been married for six years and have a son. Not sure if the universe was telling me to give this guy a chance, but the dream had felt so real that it was a big part of why I did hang out with him in the first place. Several years before this, I had a very vivid prophetic dream. I had a part-time job at a clothing store in the mall. I would work 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. putting new stock away, then go to my other part-time job or school. Once in a while, they would schedule me on a Sunday from 6 p.m. when the mall closed until 2 a.m. or whenever we could finish setting up all the new displays and basically shuffling all the merchandise to the other side of the store. On these nights, we technically closed at 6, but since there were always shoppers in the store, we'd lower the security gate halfway down and my crew would already start moving the merch with the last set of the customers in the store. <clears throat> my dream took place on a shift like that. I had folded a stack of t-shirts and went toward the front of the store to place them on a low rack. I was kneeling down, recognizing, or reorganizing shirts when a man walked up to my right side. He had a coat slung over one arm, and I saw him take his other hand and pull a gun out from under the coat. I guess it was in his waistband. He started yelling at another employee to get the money out of the register. 
that employee stammered and tried to say things to calm him down. I remember looking down, my palms on the concrete floor, and I could feel the gun at the back of my head, thinking, I'll never be able to say goodbye to my mom. When I heard a noise so loud, I was confused, and my face just slowly fell to the concrete. Then in my dream, I woke up in a big wooden four-post bed in a room with no door, just a window and a dresser on the opposite wall. I was in a long, old-timey white nightgown. I walked to the window and looked out, but it was so foggy I couldn't see more than a couple feet. I walked over to the dresser to look into a mirror, and I saw my face. It was not bloody. It looked like I had been cleaned up, but the left side of my face and where my eyes should have been were folded over and just a bunch of hanging, hanging mangled flesh. I realized I was dead and must be in purgatory. That's when I woke up in real life, terrified. I couldn't go back to sleep because I just kept dreaming. I was shot again. Some guy, but different, or same guy, but different scenarios in the store. I went to work the next day, a Monday at 6 a.m., and was telling a coworker about the dream when our manager asked me to describe the man. I told her, and she said that she didn't want to freak me out, but a man that looked looked exactly like I had described, wearing the same coat, had been in the store last night, walked into the back room, looking around nervously, and asking for a bathroom. They didn't realize he wasn't alone until a second guy did the exact same thing. They told him to leave the back room, and then the two left the store together. We kept a safe in the back, but it was well hidden in a very cluttered back room. They thought maybe the two guys had been looking for the safe. That next Sunday, I was scheduled to work the same shift as in my dream with the same people. I asked my manager if I could work a different shift. The manager told me that before her first husband had died, she had a vivid dream that he died in a motorcycle accident, and two weeks later, the exact thing that happened in her dream. Or two weeks later, the exact same thing happened in her dream. So she understood my fear and said she would change the schedule, but she didn't. She had some kind of medical emergency or something and didn't come back. I asked an assistant manager to change it, and it never got changed. So you know what I did? I fucking quit that job. Hats off. (laughs) Yep. If there was even a small chance my dream could have come true, it wasn't worth my tiny extra paycheck and a 40% discount on clothes I didn't really need. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have dreams like this often, but when I do, they're different because of how vivid they are and how real they feel. I have a few other paranormal stories I want to tell you at some point. One recent one in particular where I saw a shadow person, but I'd like to call in and tell you. If I chicken out, I'll just type it. Love you guys and love your podcast. Listening to you feels like hanging out with friends and just talking about weird shit. Well, first off, that's the experience we want you all to have. Like For just sure. Chilling out with us, not taking it too seriously, talking about creepy shit. But serious enough. Yeah. Second. Fuck that dream. Fuck that job. <laughs> Touche. Did anything ever end up happening? I wonder. Like if. Oh yeah. I did. They come back like, like to rob shit the store. Off? Yeah. Or maybe you altered the timeline. Damn. Bum, bum, she could have. For sure. Absolutely. But I told you in the episode before the last one that timelines don't work like that, Kyle. Fuck off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do it my way. <laughs> but yeah, that is. <laughs> I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever had a prophetic dream um, like where I see shit I don't remember a lot of dreams really same here uh, I don't think I have either but I know somebody who is currently having them and do tell no I can't yet okay so, don't tell but when whenever it is clear I'll have that person call in with their story okay it's just one of the things I, I can't uh divulge any information right well, now Well, thanks for getting our hopes up on that yeah well you know it is what it is uh, we'd be super stoked to hear about all your other stories yeah but back to your email it, that is crazy it is crazy uh, man like i've said before i don't believe that we fully understand what dreams are or what the brain is capable of right and then it also begs the question, I mean, this is going to get us stuck in a fucking loop, but it also begs the question, like we've talked about before, are we are we just stuck in a never-ending loop where we just do the same thing life after life after life? Time is a flat circle. And maybe this dream woke her up. Maybe she lived all these lives, and in every one it ended at that exact moment where that 
robber shot her, but she had the dream waking up. Broke the cycle. Yeah, broke the cycle. Or changed the timeline. Damn, no, timelines don't change. They just create different (laughs) timelines. It's the same thing. It isn't the same thing. It is. Nuh-uh. Yeah. In the timeline where- I'm a time professor. (laughs) There's a timeline where she got shot and killed. She's still shot and killed in that timeline. I know, but she changed her timeline. She jumped to a different one. So there, there's that's so what I just said. fucking changed her fate. There's more than one timeline. Nope. There's a timeline. I'm for right. Everything. You're wrong. There's a timeline where I'm the president and you're getting excommunicated. I doubt that. To Mars, twenty and back. Doubt it. Okay. Anyway, back to our email. Thank you for sharing that. It's. Have you had any? For a minute, there was like almost inception. I thought it was in, when you went from being in the store and then all of a sudden you thought why did you think you were in purgatory Hmm. that's another question why why it's like she knew yeah that's what i'm saying why why did you feel that way have you had any kind of prophetic feelings or interactions that did not come in dreams is this some kind of gift that you have that you you're like attributing it to the dream, but you can use it outside of the dream. You know what I'm trying to say? So it'd be like uh feelings slash maybe deja vu? Kind of. Kind of. I'm just curious that if this happens outside of like right. the, uh, outside of dreams. I wish I could see the future. That'd be dope. Me too. Sometimes maybe. I don't yeah. know that I'd want to all the time, but nevertheless, I really enjoy your story. It's a cool one. Yeah, we cannot wait to hear what other paranormal, interesting, creepy stories you're going to tell us. Hopefully call in. Yeah. Because I'm not a good reader. But <laughs> regardless. Either way, thank you so much for taking the time yeah, to Yeah, thanks for all the love. We're glad sure. that you're like hanging out with us via podcast. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is cool. So, with that being said, anyone else checking it out? Got any kind of weird dreams seeing into the future? Shoot us an email and let us know about it because it's cool. It's what we do. But I'm going to dive into my topic here about the ocean and we're going to see how Kyle likes that. I'm not. Okay, so I pulled a couple stories off of the interwebs that I've been seeing popping up here recently and I thought I'd share them with everybody. So. Do a little intro here, Kyle. How much of the planet is covered by water? A lot, seventy percent. Like yeah. How much of the ocean has been explored? Fucking none. Like five percent. I'm surprised it's that much. Five percent, according yeah. to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, more than eighty percent not only remains unmapped and unexplored, but also unobserved. I feel like whoever is saying 5% is tooting their own horn. I feel like, I honestly feel like 5% is too fucking much. So the thing is like, A, so 30% of our planet is land. And we're still, think of all the big ass species that have been on land that yeah. we've discovered. Yeah. Some big ass bullshit, like dinosaurs and shit. Yeah, so but you've got they're not alive anymore. You've got seventy percent under the water, and eighty percent of that seventy percent hasn't even been like looked at. Nobody's even gave a shit about it. No, but that's an awful lot of space. But it's impossible for a giant squid to be out there. Hey, fun fact: the biggest waterfall on the planet is underwater, which is strange. Yeah, wrap your mind around that. Nope. I guess it's where cold water kind of flows over this cliff. Gotcha. It's like almost 12,000 feet high. The highest one on Earth is like fucking 4,000 feet. So it's three times bigger? Yeah. At least? That's a big-ass waterfall. It is pretty big. Underwaterfall. It's so weird. Anyway. Also, I think it's weird that the National Oceanic Administration is also... Tied into the atmospheric administration. 
That is kind of weird. You'd think those two would be separate. Way on the other, like yeah. the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. It's crazy to think that the moon and Mars has been more mapped out than the damn ocean. I feel yeah. like our uh, our priorities are a little jacked. For sure. They always have been. I saw a little two-sentence horror story that uh, made me want to dive into this. It said... Um, I thought you were going to say dive into the ocean. Oh, no, because there's shit you're fucking dumb. don't want to deal with. But it said, why uh, is NASA so focused on getting, like, going into space as opposed to mapping out the ocean? And it said, we've already, we already know what's in the ocean. Why do you think we're trying to get off the planet? That's fucking creepy. Damn. Anyway. Uh. I'm going to magically whisk us back to 1980, whoa, dyslexia, 1978. The USS Steam, a U.S. Navy Knox-class destroyer, is running special ops missions in the Pacific Ocean. So just picture it. A battleship out in the ocean, just cruising, doing some Navy shit, you know, just hanging out. Right on. All of a sudden, shit starts to go awry. Out of nowhere, it begins to experience electrical and technical issues, eventually completely disabling its sonar capabilities. Sonar, for those of you who don't know, is basically sound waves used to navigate and identify objects under the water. The incident caused the ship to abort its operations and return to port in San Diego. After the ship returned and was dry docked, maintenance crews began to assess and fix the damage to the ship. When the crew got to the sonar dome, they saw extreme damage to the rubber insulation that covered the dome. Almost 10% of the dome was covered in deep gashes, scrapes, and deep gashes and scrapes. In some of the deepest cuts, the maintenance team found large curved hooks, not unlike those found within the suction cups of giant squids. Squids. Ta-da. But, you know what was different about these giant squid hooks? No. They're five times as big as any squid hooks known to man. That sucks. That's fucking big squid. For sure. Calamari, dog. So they find the claw marks in just the rubber? Yeah. Okay. I guess. I was wondering if it was like tearing up the hull too, which would be fucking crazy. I don't know. It didn't specify. I feel like they focused on the rubber insulation because it was easy. Did they actually find the hooks inside it or did they just find like... Yes, they removed the hooks from the rubber, and the sonar was repaired, and the ship sent out to sea. I'd wear it as a necklace. It'd be like... I'd say I killed Flav of Flav. Yeah, just (laughs) of the ocean. So the ship goes back out to sea, and the hooks were sent off for analysis. Results confirmed that they are indeed hooks from a large, unknown species of squid. Measurements of the hooks, as well as those of the cuts and gashes inflicted by the suction cups, revealed that the size of the squid that they were pulled from was almost 46 meters long. That's That's over 150 feet long, Kyle. That's huge. And see... That's a big (coughs) ass squid. Yeah, and this is... What year was this again? 78. Okay. So this is how stupid humanity (laughs) can be. Damn, you're coming in hot, bud. I know. But it's the truth. This is how stupid we are or we choose to be. For how many years now have people been saying, no, it's impossible, the giant squids are real, it's just a figment of the past, blah, 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 blah. And yet they find giant fucking hooks, and they they send them off, and they're like, yeah, this is totally from an unidentified squid species. Big-ass squid, as I like to call them. And then for the next 30-something years, we're like, no, they don't exist. Gotta have, gotta have that photographic proof, dog. You had a hook. Welcome to the internet. And it's not like it was a prehistoric hook. Like, oh, I found it on the bottom of the ocean. I found it in my boat. I mean, for hundreds of years, sailors have been like, hey, our pirate ship got attacked by a big-ass squid. Yeah. Look at it. It's all fucked up. Yeah, and I hit it with my sword. <laughs> Shot it with a cannon. <laughs> But no, anyway. th- but there really has been stories that date back to you know forever ago of seeing these things. Yeah, whales, whales wash up or are you know whaled, and they find suction cup scars yeah. like fucking fifteen times bigger than what they're supposed to be. 
Yeah, no. Imagine a giant uh, sucker that would just swallow your head. No. Go boop. But, okay, 150 feet. Super ridiculous considering the largest squid known to man is the colossal squid. And it only reaches lengths of about 46 feet. That's a third. Yeah. The size of the big ass squid. Yeah, I mean, imagine. I don't even know. So it'd almost be like imagining what would be 15 basketball hoops stacked on top of each other. That's how long this thing supposedly could get. 150 feet, half a football field. Yeah, it's fucking huge. To the 50 yard Uh, line, dog. Imagine. Uh, yeah, imagine a damn squid laying out in the football field and it's taking up half the football field. Yeah. Pulling That's boats down. Just straight out of nightmares. The second largest squid is known as the giant squid, and it reaches a max size of 43 feet, which is just dwarfed by the big-ass squid. Yeah. So that leads me to questions as to what attacked the USS Steen that fateful day. Is it an entirely new species of squid? A uh, squid that suffered some sort of gigantism? No. Or perhaps not a squid at all. Maybe something was sleeping within the depths of the Pacific, and the sonar woke it up. Well, nevertheless... So it, what better way to get rid of your alarm clock than smash the snooze button? It's touche. Touche. But whether... I mean, it, it's got to have feature, features of a squid. I mean, if... Right? We don't. Who the fuck knows? Well, I guess. We I guess. Is, it, I guess involving the boat, it didn't have like nothing was suction seen. cup. It just had the hooks. Yeah, and we know that it has hooks, and it caused gashes in the rubber. But they did confirm that it was from a squid. Okay. Or, or what we? Th- I assume what we think is a squid. So you, one would assume that. They probably somehow pulled DNA from yeah, the hook. Yeah, they're probably like, yeah, right, this, okay. or or they just compared it. They're like, man, you know, this giant hook looks a lot like the tiny hook. Typical, typical human <laughs> race. Let's just eyeball it. But who knows? Like I said, there's so much. Like, the ocean is fucking creepy. I know. That's why I don't like water. All those, like, all those recordings and sounds and shit, the bloop and the Julia, they're like, oh, it's just fucking icebergs. Yeah, likely story. Yeah, like I'm saying, that's why I don't go into the water, dude. That is horrifying to me. Sucks. We go into the water and we're literally at the bottom of the food chain. Maybe it's Cthulhu. I don't know, but hanging, just chilling at the bottom. All I know is that we're at the bottom of the food chain. That Nemo could destroy us in the water. Nah. Yeah, he totally could. He has one tiny flipper. It doesn't matter. He's more superior to us. In the water. And I think it's the Julia sound. If you look it up, you can listen to it. They said it's just icebergs rubbing off the bottom of the seafloor or some bullshit. Yeah, it's probably a lie. But there is a story that there was some sort of sonar blip around the same area from the International Space Station that showed an object moving in the water that was twice the size of... The Empire State Building. Fuck that. That's big. He's How? a big, chunky boy. Jesus. <laughs> like I don't even. I don't even know. Like it makes you wonder. All these ships and shit that go disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle. They're like, ah, oh, it's aliens. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a time portal. It's this giant megalodon thing that just swallows a boat boat whole. Yeah. And if it's that, geez, man, I don't even want to think about it. Think because about what it. if it had, well. How, He's hungry. How deep is the ocean in comparison to the size of that creature? Some you could fit the goddamn Mount Everest, like the Marianas Trench is like seven miles deep. Okay, that's well, what deep. I was getting at is like because planes have also gone yeah missing in the area of Bermuda Triangle. Maybe this 150-foot squid is just the baby of the 6,000-foot squid that just reaches up and plucks them out of the sky. And that's what I was getting at. Or like like if it is like a more of like a megalodon creature, like how sharks will jump out of the water and pluck, you know, pluck stuff. What if it just jumped out of the water and swallowed a fucking plane? Dude, what happened? Sharknado. 
goddamn shark shark hurricane. I want to be on the next shark Sharknado. Yeah, shout out to Sharknado if you For need sure. any extras. We're yeah, here. Absolutely. Okay. Anyways, back to the so, good story. Back to the squid and no, well, we're done with the squid. So my next story is another boat story, but this one I'm going to say facts in quotation marks because it's been really hard to corroborate that some of this shit actually happened. But it's an interesting story nonetheless. So, 1947. That's even further than 1978. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Post-World War II. 1947. A bizarre SOS radio message was sent out across the seas and picked up by numerous ships near the Strait of Makala, located near Sumatra and Malaysia. When received, uh, the actual origins of the message weren't known at the time, but the message itself was divided into two parts. Each part was separated by undecipherable Morse code. Those that received the SOS insisted that the transcript went as followed. The first message was, and I quote, All officers, including the captain, are dead, lying in the chart room and bridge, possibly whole crew dead. End. Second message, after the indecipherable Morse code, simply stated, I die. Nothing further was transmitted after the final chilling message. Two American ships received the message and decided to investigate. With the help of Dutch and British listening posts, the coordinates of the vessel that sent the message were triangulated. It came from a Dutch freighter known as the SS Orang Medan. American merchant ship, the Silver Star, was the first to reach the Medan. As the Silver Star pulled alongside, no signs of life were visible. All efforts to make contact with the crew failed. Captain of the Silver Star organized a search party. Upon boarding the ship, the search party knew the context of the SOS message was unfortunately accurate. The entire ship was littered with corpses of the Dutch crew. The victims were found with their faces locked in sheer terror, eyes wide, mouth agape, arms frozen as if trying to fight off an unseen assailant. Even the ship's dogs come to the horror. He was found with a snarl frozen on his face seemingly tried to ward off whatever was attacking his human mates. The captain was found in his bridge, with the remaining bridge officers found in the wheelhouse and chart room. The radio operator, presumably the man who sent the distress signals, was found at his station. Same look on his face. The engineering crew were found at their stations as well, also with looks of terror. During the search party, um... During the search, the party started to notice other oddities. There was an odd, distinct chill in the air, despite the local temperature being well over 100 degrees. The conditions of the victims were noted as well. All of them had apparently suffered from something horrific, but none showed signs of any outward physical injury. They were, however, decaying quicker than usual. The ship itself was in good working order and didn't appear to have any damage. However, one lifeboat was missing along with all the ship's papers and logs. After the search party returned back to their boat, the Silver Star, they decided to tow the Medan for salvage. No sooner had the ships been tethered together that thick black smoke started to billow from the number four cargo hold. Within a matter of seconds of the tow rope being cut, the Medan exploded with enough force to lift the ship out of the water and it sank to the seabed, taking its crew and its mystery with it. Three weeks later, a lifeboat washed ashore on a nearby island with seven people on board. Only six were alive. Er, only one was alive, six was dead. The man was known as Jerry Rabbit. He was the only survivor of the Orang Medan. He told of a story of contraband cargo that was loaded onto the ship. He said it started leaking and officers started dying and suffering from different ailments. But before he could actually corroborate his story, he too died. So that leads us to the question, did the Orang Medan ever actually exist? There's no logs of the boat ever being on record. Right, but to me that doesn't say that it didn't exist. The Silver Star did exist. Okay, so there's so why would, you know there's there's a little bit of proof in the pudding there. Yeah, would the officers on the Silver Star just make this shit up? Especially in that time frame. 
you know, in 19, what do you say, 47? Yeah. That's a pretty fucking outlandish story for the time. Yeah, and... I mean, it sounds like an X-Files episode to me. <laughs> it does. <clears throat> and if the ship existed, why would it never have been registered? Unless it's black book stuff. Exactly. Which... Or... or <clears throat> Whoever, let's just say whoever was in charge of the ship also found out about the SOS code going out. So they decided, let's make this motherfucker disappear before it comes back to us and we get in trouble for this quote-unquote contraband that got loaded on my boat. Yeah, the Jerry Rabbit guy said that the cargo that he believed was loaded was a combination of potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin. So that would explain the sickness and the explosion, which is kind of like convenient. Yeah, it doesn't you know I mean? it doesn't explain the dog and all the crew. Yeah, just, you know, free being killed in a state of terror. Yeah, it literally like the way I picture it is it looks like they got so scared they died. Like yeah. And then basically. also another thing I noted that was really strange about this story is how there's the radio guy who is sending out the SOS and he's basically saying, you know, the crew's dead, yada, yada, yada. And then he succumbed to the same fate as everyone else. I find it weird because it's almost like, like he knew whatever was on the ship was coming. That sucks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, so you can like, almost hear it. Like, yeah, like, he's like, shit, I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. I got to get this out. I got to get this out because there's something on here that's killing all the crew, and I need to I need to get help fast. It is. It wasn't that an X-Files episode? I know there was one. Like, the black oil? Yeah, the, there was that. There's the oil, and then there was another one on the boat where they got fried, and there was the the shadows on the walls of the people. But I don't know. I just, I just, it's almost like. How I, shitty would that be to be there trying to send out your SOS? You know, that could explain the indecipherable Morse code. He's just like freaking the fuck for out. For sure. Like, uh-huh. And it'd be, it'd be weird. The, the one that throws me off though is the, the I die. He just, because he's ready. He's like, I ain't getting off this I boat. I don't know. And fuck it, I'm out. And we don't know <laughs> the origins of this boat, right? Well, as I was reading it, I did. I was doing the research. I got. I started thinking, like, man, what if the Medan went? The Medan got an SOS signal from the same spot. Oh, that'd be fucked and up. And went to enter to investigate, and then they all got fucked up, and it's just like this big cycle, right? Where he was sending out the message, and the Silver Star could have got effed up, right? I don't know the one. I just I keep picturing the the radio guy man because in my head it's almost like like if i had to do it like a movie like say he's he's walking down the the hallway investigating and he sees something he sees something that's not supposed to be there so he turns and he runs back to his his you know his radio and he starts sending out the message because he knows that something's coming that it could find him and he needs to get help because why else why else would you be that panicked getting the message out? I mean if if dudes are just getting sick and dying, yeah, you're gonna get the message out, but why would you why would you assume that you're gonna fucking die? Yeah. And then just sit there and let it happen. Right. Because, I mean Because you, you know, most guys would be, after you know, it sure it would be weird when the, the first guy goes down, then the second guy goes down, then the third guy goes down, but by then you should be suspicious as hell. Yeah. Just like, what is going on? We need to quarantine. You know, we need to figure out what's going on and start separating people because we have no <laughs> idea what's going on right now. Because according to the first message, everyone was de- everybody else was dead. Exactly. Because you don't just hang out until, you know, 30 other people on your boat are dead and then be like, shit, man. <laughs> yeah. should probably, probably warn somebody. And then on top of that, you know, by their convenient explanation of of the crew becoming sick because of this potassium cyanide and all that bullshit 
I highly, I don't know much about this shit, but I highly doubt that it, you die with the expression of fear on your face, including your Damn. dog, because the dog was snarling, which we, as we all know, that means it felt threatened by whatever was there. And the thing that fucks the potassium cyanide thing is you assume that it's probably some kind of gas. If it's leaking, it's going to be some kind of gas. Right. Part of the crew was found out on the deck. It, they weren't enclosed. Right, so it would have been well ventilated. Yeah. Extremely so well can't ventilated. can't kill them. The theories are they just run amok. They run abound. They say, like, it could be greenhouse gases released from the ocean, but again... Nah, I ain't buying that. Like, I guess ventilation, if it's a big bubble of carbon dioxide or whatever. But it doesn't explain the fear, man. It doesn't explain the way the bodies froze. Yeah. And then, on top of that, we haven't touched it. Why are they decomposing extremely fast? The only thing, I mean, I don't know. The only thing they said that the temperatures are well over 100 degrees and it being damp in the ocean, I thought maybe that, that would speed it up. But these are guys that live on the ocean. But then why was it cold on, on the, the boat? Ocean? Yeah. That they would know how quick something deteriorates on a boat. For sure. Other theories are the hazardous cargo, yada, yada, yada. Some people say it's pirates. Pirates could have attacked the ship, but again, doesn't I'm not buying that. Doesn't explain no physical harm to the bodies. Some people said ghost pirates. Huh? Eh, uh, that one still uh, seems a little far fetched. You seen? I uh, mean, I guess. What's that Johnny Pirates Depp of the movie? Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the Johnny Depp. I guess it would scare you enough, but it just seems fucking a little outlandish, even <laughs> for me. And aliens and UFO attacks. I don't know, man. Like I don't even know if I buy that one right now. I I have no fucking clue what it what what could have happened. Could be something far more human and far more nefarious as to what happened. Rumor is that Japanese scientists from Unit Seven Thirty One, which is kind of like the big bad Nazis in Japan, the Nazis of Japan, okay, were doing horrible, terrible sorts of experiments on prisoners during World War II. They're the ones responsible for it. There was a rumor circulating that this boat was not built, but kind of commandeered to transport biological weapons created by these Japanese scientists. Okay. So that would tick off why it was never registered. Well, yeah, absolutely. For sure. That would tick off the people dying mysteriously. If it's a biological weapon, you don't know how these things... Yeah. You know, if they're not well used. But in 1947, did they have... This is my lack of knowledge, so... Did they have refrigerated cargo ships? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe. I don't... Would, I mean, would it even have to be refrigerated? If it well, was they, said, like, they said the ship was cold. Yeah, but I think that was more of like an an ambiance thing. Okay, you know, I got like, you. Oh, we're here with all these dead people and there's a chill in the air. Right, kind yeah, of fucking okay. bullshit, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, I guess I could see that. So, this is kind of, kind of ticking all the boxes for me. That something, they were transporting something they shouldn't have been and either whatever they were transporting took them out or Someone knew that they were transporting something they weren't supposed to transport and somehow took them out. See, I just, I don't know. I'm running it through my head and I don't, I, I don't know. Like we, the, what I can see in my head as clear facts is I can, I can almost guarantee you that one of the world's many government governments was involved. It was either, you know, the boat itself was either a black budget boat that was kept off of all logs because of the the type of shit they were handling. Or like I said, they got caught or, you know, something went wrong and to wash their hands clean of it, they made that boat disappear. And then the irony to it is the fact that somehow, like you, you noted it conveniently blew up after the fact. So that, that is fucking strange. Okay. You know, the, from what I from where I stand, the the government is involved at at one end or the other. I don't care what anybody says. That's what makes the most sense to me. Because the government's always involved. Yeah, but 
the Nazi theory, the Nazi Japan theory is pretty fucking cool. I can get behind that. But it still, for me, does not answer the way the bodies ended up. Why were they decomposed? I mean, no, I guess you, I guess you could rule out the decom- decomposition, because if it was some type of biological weapon, that would affect the bodies. Yeah, and right, the way they describe the bodies being found, it almost is as if they died instantaneously. You know, like oh shit, dead. But that doesn't explain how old boy at the radio was able to send out the messages. And then they he said, dying, I die. Yeah. Unless which, somebody which else he... was on the boat sending the messages. And they probably sucked at fucking English by saying, I die. Well, they're Dutch. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Or J- Japanese. I almost said Japan. <laughs> Japanese. It's a bizarre story, man. I still... It gets more fucked up, Kyle. Like, uh, okay. Well, before we get into more fucked up, I'm going to throw out another plausible situation because I didn't see the bodies. Like, like in my head, I'm picturing that they saw something, they got so scared they died. But I would imagine that you could possibly have that same look on your face as, say, you had a heart attack. Like, you're going to have that, oh, shit. Yeah. Which could be a biological weapon. For sure. Absolutely. There's definitely had, something that, that could cause you, like like in a heart attack, where you know something's fucking wrong, and it hurts, and it's scary. I can get behind that. But the one that fucks me up is the dog, because it had the snarl on its face. Yeah. So in my head, and it, it's probably just me getting locked into this theory, but it's just it keeps wrapping me around like they've seen something, and... Whatever it was was fucking scary, and whether that thing killed them, the fear killed them, or whatever, that's what my brain's playing at. And it, like I said, it could just be me getting sucked down the rabbit hole in this one vision. It's fucking weird, bud. It is weird. It gets weirder, bud. Let's get it. So, interestingly enough, if you search the CIA archives, guess what's mentioned? What's that? The Madan. In December 1955... I thought the Medan didn't exist. Doesn't. Does it? 1959, 58, let me see. Yeah, 59, C.H. Mark of Scottsdale, Arizona, sent a letter to the CIA. The letter was classified as top secret and was not released until May of 2003. So that's a long time after the fact. So... If I'm not going to do the math, none of this shit matters. If this boat never existed, why would the CIA sit on it for so long? Well, not only that, but put a top, top secret, secret label on it. That's some alien shit. I have copies of the letter. For show. I can read them if you want. How much time we got? I don't care. We got, we got time. Got time. We got 15 minutes. Okay. I'm going to read these top secret letters and I'll post them on the. Uh, Social medias? Hell yeah, I love top secret stuff. Dear Redacted. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's never good. No. On May 29th, 1958, I sent you a letter concerning crew disappearances from ships on the high sea, or ships that have disappeared without a trace. Well, I've just read a re- weird story concerning the Dutch vessel, the SS Orang Medan. I will be indeed grateful for your opinion of this story. Also, do you think something from the unknown is involved? In early February 1947... Uh, an SOS came from the SS Orangmadan. Oh, that's 1948, my bad. SS Orangmadan. Dutch and British listening posts located the vessel as proceeding through the Malkala Strait. The sea was calm and the weather clear. SOS, SOS, again came the frenzied call. After a short silence, they got the message, all officers, including the captain, dead, lying in chart room and on bridge, probably whole crew dead. There followed a series of indecipherable dots and dashes, and then came... Quite clearly, I die. Rescue ships from Dutch Sumatra and British Malaysia rushed to the indicated location of the vessel in distress. They found her only 50 miles from the position actually given. Boats were put over the sides to investigate. When boarding parties reached the Orangmadan, they found an eerie sight. There wasn't a living creature on the ship. The captain lay dead on the bridge. The bodies of the other officers were sprawled in the wheelhouse, chart, chart room, and wardroom. The faith, the faithful sparks, 
was slumped in a chair in the radio shack, his hands still on the sending keys. Damn. That's crazy. Still tapping them away. The bodies of the crew lay everywhere, in their rooms, in the passageways, on the decks. And all the dead faces wore a look of convulsive horror. As a report of the proceedings of the Merchant Marine Council put it, so this is this is a legit thing. The Merchant Marine Council, I'm assuming, right. is a real deal. Their fa- I quote, their frozen faces were upturned to the sun, their mouths were gaping open, and their eyes staring. Everyone was dead, even the ship's dog, a small terrier, was lifeless, its teeth bared in anger or agony. But strangely, there was no signs of wounds or injury on any of the bodies. After a quick conference, the boarding parties decided to put a tow line on the vessel and take her into port. But at that very moment, smoke and flames uh, beholded from the number four hold. The fire immediately was so hot and so widespread that it was impossible to subdue. The boarding parties hurriedly abandoned the vessel and returned to safety of their own ships. A moment later, a terrific explosion on the Rangmadan, and then the vessel sank with her dead crew. Um, I feel that the SS Orangmadan tragedy holds the answer of many of these airplane accidents and unsolved mysteries of the ocean. Also, I've often thought that many of the sightings of huge fiery spheres rising from the sea or disappearing into the sea by ship captains and crews in the 18th and 19th century. There are alarming passages in old English chronicles written in medieval Latin and Latin something else, or books printed before the year 1500 AD would suggest that these fiery spheres cause destruction and that they come from within our planet. For instance, in 2016 BC, things like ships were seen in the sky over Italy. In Sardinia, a knight was making his rounds, inspecting his post, guarding the rampart when a stick in his hands burst into flames. The same thing happened to Roman soldiers in Sicily who saw their javelins flame and burn in their hands. At Appi, a round shield was seen in the sky. Also in AD uh, 1067 people saw a fire that flamed and burned fiercely in the sky it came near the earth and for a little time brilliantly lit it up afterwards it revolved and ascended on high then descended into the sea in several places it burned woods and plains yes if the enchanting or yes the enchanting sea what a ter- what terrifying secrets does it hold i feel sure that the ss orangmadan tragedy also holds the answer to this secret sincerely your ch mark and again, it's redacted. So this guy basically wrote the letter to the CIA just asking, like, what the hell is going on in the ocean? And Talk the about c- throwing a curveball. The CIA is like, hey, this is top secret. And the um, response that he got back, he actually got a response from the CIA. If it's not a brush off, I don't know what is. It says, dear Mr. Mark, on behalf of Mr. Duels, may I acknowledge and thank you for your letter on the 29th of may although we are unable to answer your questions your letter is very interesting and we appreciate your concern in these matters sincerely redacted that's so weird so why 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 even entertain this guy with all these fantastical theories yeah if they don't exist right and and motherfucker writing them he wants to say alien yeah, dude's like, did you, the fucking Romans saw the shield? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, way to throw a curveball. Because. Because here we, we're, like, my brain, I mean, I understand this could be a possibility, but that's not the way my brain was going, and now it's like, whoa. This just opens the door to any explanation, really. And why would you keep it under wraps for almost 50 fucking years under a top-secret folder and even when you do release it, you still redacted yeah. whoever responded to it. I know. The, the more we dig into this type of shit, the more it makes you wonder what the government's you know, actually are, looking into. Chances are, dude, the responded is probably dead and gone. Oh, for sure. And why would it be top secret? If you've got some dude just spouting off some, you know, Joe Blow from Arizona says, Why would hey, you even acknowledge it? Yeah. And even if, even, why would you put it as top secret? Just throw this shit in the garbage. That's what I'm saying. Like, why would you even acknowledge it? Like, if you, if you thought this dude is off his rocker, you're going to crumple up that letter and you're going to throw it in a trash can. You or, might show a couple buddies and be like, look at this coop. Or even if you just wanted to like lull the masses, just send him a letter back that says no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
But for me personally, I just wouldn't even acknowledge. I'd be like, whatever. Don't respond to it as vaguely as possible. Like, we can't answer your questions. Yeah. And then shove it in a top secret folder for 50 years. Yeah. Be like, well, this guy's lying to me. Something's fishy's going on. No Absolutely. pun intended. Absolutely. That story was awesome. Dude, I I don't know. I've read about it before, and I just thought it'd be cool to share since we're talking about the ocean. There's a bunch of other ocean awesome. shit I could talk about, but we're running out of time. So there's that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still... I'm still really confused on this episode on the ship, man. I don't know. I know it wasn't a giant squid. No. I mean, no. It could have been, Dude, the giant squid didn't even kill anybody. He just shut off (laughs) his sonar alarm. Now we got aliens or humans or whatever just wiping people out and then lying about it. It's crazy. Sucks. That was was fun, man. I liked that a lot. I just thought I'd mix it up a little bit, put some weird stuff together. So... Anyway, that about wraps up this first installment of The Weird Ocean. I'm sure I'll delve back into this eventually because the ocean is terrifying. Yep. And full of horrifying shit. So we'll probably revert back to this in a little bit. Anyway, check us out on our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure you share these episodes with all of your friends who listen to podcasts and like creepy shit, even if you have friends that don't know what a podcast is. Be like, yo, listen to this creepy story. It's like hanging out with two dudes who don't know a whole lot, but like to talk about creepy shit. Yep, that's us. And if you do have a story you'd like to share, uh, call us. 1-877-800-4656. Leave us a message on our voicemails. Or use your smartphone to record a voice memo and shoot us an email at holoskypodcast at gmail.com. You guys know the drill. Yeah, that's the drill. So until next time, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Stay safe, and let's get weird.